Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 615 with a review of Palm Springs. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we are going to have quite a bit of reviews for you. Uh, we're going to do four reviews. We're going to have this review of Palm Springs, a review of Greyhound, a review of Relic, and then a review of First Cow. Um, so get ready for that. But to start us off, we're here talking about Palm Springs, which, um, not to spoil too much, is a time-loopy, uh, premised sort of film. Um, so Stephen, what I want to ask you is, you know, most of the time our days are sort of stuck in loops now anyways, right? It's COVID, everybody's stuck at home. We don't have a lot going on in our lives. But if you found yourself stuck in a time loop, what would you even do? <laughs> like, what do you think you could actually get away with and what could you fill your time with? I don't know. I mean, the thing is you... It, it does kind of get to the heart of what does it mean to be a human, you know, because it asks if there were no future for anyone but you, so you can't make an impact, but you can basically experience anything, what would it be? Like, could you be satisfied, right? So there are... Yeah. There are things in movies where people will read every book in the universe, right? Uh, I think about time the dad does that, right? He he reads like Dickens over and over and over again, and he talks about how he always learns something new about it. Or you yeah. can learn to exploit the world for this 24-hour period of time. So you can arguably woo just about anyone. You can trick them into doing anything. So you can get any kind of like political power you want. Like someone will... Eventually, you'll learn how to get that car you wanted or go to that location you really wanted to get to. Um, I don't know what I would do. I like to think I would, if I could find a memento style way of writing like a novel and, and like keeping it so it could <laughs> continue. And then just day after day after day, the feeling of like endless time, I think would be good if you could crack that code of having something carry over outside of your brain. Yeah. Um, but see, see it, I, it, but it is an endless time. It is perpetual time, right? Like you, mm -hmm. unless you could commit to memory, like if you had a photographic memory, then yes, you could write, you know, a chapter right. a day but, and create. Well, like that's a, exactly the problem. It, it, yeah. If you could find anything to go with you other than your brain, right? That would, that would make life a lot better. Otherwise, I don't know, maybe I would just read a lot and drink a lot because there's no consequences either that's another part of it yeah. right like you well, don't there's no you don't lasting consequences <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that's true i don't really know i think i would mostly live like i live now in coronavirus times what, what would you do yeah i mean it, it's there, there are sort of two ways to think about it and the first immediate way i thought about it like while watching the film is that if I was going to repeat day-to-day -day things about my my life or things that I might do for fun in my off my off hours, so much of the stuff is requires more than the amount of time that I have available to me for this experiment, right? Like, and, and like you know, so much of my day is consuming podcasts and information about the world, and that's gone from my life now. Like, mm -hmm. I can I can listen to past podcasts. I can try to find new podcasts and listen to people's commentary about the world 
from a different whatever, right? Like I can do that stuff, but I can't get new information at all. So basically all the podcasts that I listen to on a daily basis are dead to me now because <laughs> because they're that basically is the number useless. one problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's that. There's like most most video games or things that I, like like let's let's pretend like I wanted to turn it into a vacation at first mm-hmm. instead of try to figure out how to be happy in this loop. Like, you know, if you suddenly have no responsibility, it's immediately going to be vacation time. But like, I can't play video games because those video games are all about making progress towards something. And if the progress resets every day, there's no point in playing those, right? So it seems like all the normal, regular things that I would do are completely out of the picture. Um, so you have to sort of reframe your mind. And then what I realized is, like, I basically can't get COVID. So what I would do <laughs> is just buy a flight to anywhere that is still letting Americans in and go spend a day there (laughs) because Mm -hmm. there is literally zero consequence for doing that. And it doesn't matter if everybody on your plane is infected or the entire city you're flying to is infected. You're just going to wake up back home uninfected. So it's kind of like now I can finally travel and it doesn't matter how much those plane flights cost because I'm never paying for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... that is actually a good because I felt like travel was out of the question, not because of COVID, but because of the time restriction. But it is true. The yeah. one way aspect means you could get pretty much anywhere. So you yeah. could just like every day, quote, pick a new point on the globe and be like, I'm going to see what that is. And, <laughs> I, and but that, but that's the that. also that's the other thing, too, is I won't go into the specific details, but this the there are very few rules that this film sets in place but one of the rules it does Mm -hmm. say is the reset happens when you fall asleep not 24 hours later so if you like you could fly you could take a 24-hour flight or whatever with layovers and stuff and then still spend as long as you could before you passed out in wherever place you went so it's definitely possible to literally fly anywhere in the world and spend however much time um you can there and I think that's like really like the it. only and, thing. You and do. you could even learn you could learn the language for every place that you're going because you have infinite time to read like the yeah, language yeah. books too. So you could you could live <laughs> like a local kind of I wanna imagine like you have like Rosetta Stone, but it's the computer version and it saves your progress and there's no way to skip. So every day you sit down, it's still like, Hello, my name is Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have seen the whole world, but you're sleep deprived and you smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to take a shower. You just got to hope that when it starts, you had showered the night before. Mm. Yeah, that, that would help a lot. <laughs> right. I and mean, you can still shower the day that you're repeating. I don't know why it's framed as, a, as though you but can't I, shower I before mean, you like, get to the airport. Most places, most places, there wouldn't be a direct flight, which means you're oh, talking yeah, about probably like, like 18 hours or whatever to get to your destination that you're like sitting in that plane. So you're going to be yeah, kind of yeah. gross when you land. So it'd be it'd be nice to freshen up but then i don't know take the appropriate drug even if it's just caffeine to be able to get another like 12 (laughs) hours out of the deal at least yeah yeah yeah. well there you go we solved it at least for our first several loops right yep yeah can do a lot of travel (laughs) cool well uh what do you say steve we travel into the review segment for this episode let's do it all right we're going to take a listen to the trailer for palm springs and we're going to come back and give you all a review It's gonna be a beautiful wedding. Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. 
I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. It's gonna be a beautiful wedding. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You, what is going on? Hey, get out of the water, girl! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time, I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. Well, then what's the point of living? We kind of have no choice but to live. No, I'm going to get out of this. Suit yourself. See you tomorrow. Now what do we do? You just have to embrace the fact that nothing matters. Do you sleep with people in here? Great question. I have, but it takes a lot of work. May I cut in? It's the first dance. And that's a deal breaker? That didn't work. <laughs> Let's waste some time. You want to uh, dance? No, the officiant has got a bag of sweets in his pocket. You were right. Got him. I can't keep waking up in here. Everything that we are doing is meaningless. I hope it's not all meaningless. At least you have each other. Nothing worse than going through this shit alone. Stop! There's a bomb in the cake. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. Stand back! All right, so that was the trailer for Palm Springs. Uh, Given the nature of this film, I assume that we're going to have a little bit of spoiler talk near the end. Um, So so for now, all I'll say it is the uh, story about a man going through a sort of Groundhog Day-esque sort of situation where he is reliving the day of this wedding that he was attending um, repeatedly um, for... Who knows how long? <laughs> so, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Palm Springs? Uh, so, Chris, this weekend I watched a movie that was a kind of time-bending deconstruction of a relationship against the unfeeling Southern California sun, which cast a comedic male actor as a kind of depressed asshole, and then a female actor who's usually pigeonholed as the cutesy love interest as his potential partner. Um, and it had really kind of beautiful imagery, lots of like orange, lots of starlight, this idea of the night sky and the possible futures versus the insanity of being in a relationship with anyone. But enough about Comet. Uh, I'm here to talk about the movie Palm Springs. I think it, you knew you knew where I, that was I, going. Yeah, I knew that where that was going, but mostly because I saw a tweet that referenced mm. <laughs> the film you're comparing it to. Uh, but still good on you, Stephen. Good on you. Yeah. Um, so I thought this movie was great. 
Uh, and it was great in a way I was not expecting. So I knew the basic premise of this movie. I knew that it had an infinite loop in it. So I knew it was a part of that genre of like Groundhog Day, Happy Death Day, Russian Doll, Edge of Tomorrow, you know. It's a whole industry now. I had never seen the trailer, so I didn't know anything about the tone of the movie. I didn't know how sci-fi-y it was going to be or not be. I didn't know how funny it was going to be. I only knew Andy Samberg, Kristen Malati, time loop. Um, <laughs> and I, I think this does a... like the, the reason I reference the movie Comet rather than all those comedies is I think... Beyond the conceit of a time loop, this is much more a movie about relationships and about who you are and how it feels to try to fumble through who you are with someone else. Like, I think emotionally, as funny as this movie is, it does have a lot of kind of heavy things to say about life and the nature of existence. And I will admit, it doesn't help that we are in shelter in place forever and days start to bleed together <laughs> and the notion of who are you when every day is exactly like every other day um that does hit a little harder than maybe it would have otherwise but it, i i think this movie is not only very very funny it is also very clever and pretty perfect in the times that it does want to do little emotional jabs at you uh, there is a scene involving creatures in the desert that was genuinely beautiful in this movie out of nowhere <laughs> followed by nothing preceded by nothing like it just happened and <laughs> the movie just has this kind of sense of wonder to it and i think the casting of this movie is so great and they play it so well um andy samberg he begins this movie, so there's no exposition at all. You're just dropped into the thick of this movie, and if you have not watched the trailer, you're left to really decipher, even if you know it is a time loop movie, like, where are we in the, you know, what what are we up against right now? And Andy Samberg does this great way of being enough of a asshole while being a charming guy and enough of a kind of know-it-all that the reveal, I hope this isn't... Mm, no, I, I won't even spoil that. But who he is and what he is about is doled out in the most perfect way over the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes of this movie. Um, it, it's just really, really great. And there's so much fun to be had with, with that premise, especially at a wedding. Because, you know, we've, been all, we've all been to weddings, destination weddings. They can be kind of depressing and boring and repetitive. Um, you know, in Wedding Crashers, there's the scene where Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are taking bets over, like, what verse the minister is going to quote because they've seen it all before. Like, nothing new can happen. And this movie kind of literalizes that feeling that it's all, like, a, it's all a show. You're the only real person in the universe and everyone else is just, like, putting on a facade, right? And it, I, I think that's just the perfect way to frame two people finding each other. Um, and Kristen Malati is great as the person to find him. I think she she's kind of going against type here. Like, she's a little bit more caustic and cynical than she is in How I Met Your Mother or in, uh, what was that? What was that sitcom you like, A to Z? Oh, yeah, A to Z. Is that her in that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, in, in like the things I've seen her in before, she's always funny and kind of a partner in crime, but she rarely is the more depressed or cynical one. And here she really just kind of gets to be like greater than or equal to any level of misery that Andy Samberg is bringing to the equation. And I, I think it's just like a, 
a wonderful metaphor for two people finding each other, you know, two, two people meeting each other and trying to live life together in a time when literally nothing else matters. Like you are the only two people who know what is happening. And um, yeah, I just thought it was a complete joy. It, it moves so quickly. It has a lot of good laugh out loud moments when it does try to slow down. It has some surprising pathos, like J.K. Simmons gives some lines that really surprised me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just thought it was great and so unexpected and random and the perfect time for this movie to come out. So I, I was into it. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie as well. I think I liked it a tad less than you did. Um, and, and not because there's any real problem. I think it was more of an expectations versus reality sort of thing. Like, I I was prepared. I mean, I did watch the trailer. And I was primed for, like, this to be... Like, all the things that you're talking about where it takes these brief moments to, to, to like, settle down for a second and say something impactful about relationships, I felt were too far apart and you didn't get to sit with them long enough. And there's times where like one character makes a, uh, a realization about something or it comes to uh, an idea in their head about the state of things or the state of relationships or how people interact with each other. But that reveal is only for that character and the audience. It's not for the character to speak to another character. And, and I think that yeah. th this film is incredibly clever and incredibly funny and Andy Samberg and Kristen Mulati are amazing in this film. And even just watching the trailer, it I, I laughed at, at things that in the trailer aren't even funny, but I'm remembering that scene happening and the joy of that scene. Um, and and it, it's impossible to not have fun with this film. I just wish that maybe it spent more time on the... Uh, the I don't know the the poetic waxing about relationships than it did on mm -hmm. the humor um, because the humor is like top notch perfect everything everything it's doing is really really great um, and the moments of introspection are great too but it's just I want more of that and I didn't get as much as I want there's also one thing that we will talk about in spoilers there's a mid credit sequence that breaks one of the only rules that this film actually gives us. Um, and it kind of annoyed me because it's a, it's an afterthought, which somebody thought would be really, really clever, but is actually, I think, a mistake because of something we'll get into later. Uh, but there's little things where it's like, you're doing something so inventive here um, and you are trying to, like, I don't know, I, I think it's a great film. I just, it, I, I, I was prepared for this to be like my favorite movie ever. <laughs> yeah. And instead, I very much liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I get how that can be about expectations, because for me, this was a comedy that had surprisingly beautiful, poetic, like you said, things just kind of subtly tucked in there, like hitting you when yeah. you don't expect it. And I was not primed for that to exist at all. So to yeah, me, yeah. it was the kind of perfect combination of a a zippy, charming movie that then just slows down for a minute to lob a, a real thing at you. I, I will also say, like, I think this is already known on the podcast. I'm someone who got engaged during quarantine. So the whole very kind of eternal sunshiny idea of like, I forget what exactly, there, there's a quote that is said in this movie of like, I'd rather do nothing with you than something without you that I think is kind of like fits this moment so well, <laughs> you know, yeah. as we grapple with who we are and what we mean to each other and what makes life worth living. Um, 
I think I filled in a lot of blanks and I think the the movie wants you to like it, it lobs those things up and then moves to a laugh line and you can be half thinking about that while half laughing at the others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about how funny the movie was and how little moments just made you laugh thinking about it, I had to go off mic for a second because I started laughing at there's a moment when Andy Samberg cuts in on a dance <laughs> yeah. at the wedding. They just had me fucking roaring. Like, just the, the premise of like taking the Groundhog Day thing and putting it in a destination wedding. It's just like that combination yeah. is so perfect. I, I think that was one of the moments, like, because that was still towards the beginning of the film. And when that moment happened, I was like, I wasn't even laughing out loud because I was just smiling too hard. Like, I couldn't actually laugh out loud. And that was one of the moments where my girlfriend turned to me and she's like, You love this movie, don't you? <laughs> So it was yeah, good times. I, I do think it, I, I don't know. It's just, and they layer things like, I think Russian doll is another really appropriate thing to compare this movie to. I, have we alluded or explicitly said this yet that in this movie, they are looping together. I think it's obvious from the trailer, like that they are both in this. Yeah. Yeah. So from the trailer, that is one of the conceits that at some point during this film, Kristen Malati finds herself stuck in the loop and she's mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. Be- because that is one thing that this and russian doll have that i think make the world building more interesting than some of these other time loop movies which is the idea of two people being together be- because you suddenly have more exploration that you can do it isn't just like a montage of one person mastering the universe it's like yeah. them collectively arguing over the right path and kind of te- teasing out what their confines are um and this had some of that kind of exploratory joy that Russian Doll did of the the realization that the world is widening, you know, that like more things might be possible over time and the feeling that they can break it or do something new with it. I, I, I really, really like that. And I think the the precise balance of like when they go the funny montage route versus when they have long conversations and the, the slow revelation of who they were before this happened because this movie begins at the wedding. You know, there's no context for who they are at all. Yeah, and I yeah. think the way it just kind of like reveals their background while they are living this crazy philosophic exercise. Um, I, I just thought it was great. Um, I agree. It also is not my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> like it could have been, <laughs> but I can't think of anyone who wouldn't like this movie. Like it, it is maybe the first movie of the year where I can say that, that like, I think pretty much anyone should watch and enjoy this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very like it. It has character, and it's it's like it's it's one of those films where like I, if somebody asks me and I don't have enough time to actually explain real thoughts, I'd be like, it's a very cute movie. Like it's yeah, it just it charms the pants off of you. Um, and you know, if you are a hardcore sci-fi person, this is not going to check all those bo- boxes for you, right? Um, but but there are there's enough interesting things happening throughout and enough comedic bits and enough, like, genuine, like, moments. Uh, like, there's a part that you referenced earlier, which I'll, I'll, I'll reference it differently to be more ambiguous, but it's about finding your Irvine. Um, I think mm-hmm. that is, like, a genuinely great scene that, that I, I really, really, I really, really enjoyed and it's like man i want so much more of that conversation to take place in this film <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it, it has so much good i i know andy samberg didn't write this movie but it has so much good andy samberg humor 
thrown into it. Like, yeah. like you referenced Irvine and someone talks about living there and he has some like offhand remark of, oh, it's dark down there. <laughs> like they're just these little things that are just funny, like California geography digs <laughs> at, at different places. Yeah. But there, yeah, there's no, also I, a, I hear a visual gag that still makes me laugh. Like every time I just think of it, um, like I went back and right before we recorded, I was skipping through and like rewatching some different scenes. Um, and all I'll say is it involves a recycling bin. <laughs> like mm. just, just that shot is hilarious in and of itself. So good. Um, it it is worth saying too that this is very cute despite the characters being very imperfect like i mean russian doll had kind of a similar trick up its sleeve but the, so i i told you in addition to these movies i watched a few others this weekend including you've got mail because uh because time loops was back when we all had yeah america online <laughs> True. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, but but a, a thing about You've Got Mail is it was a very popular rom-com, but they are not very good people in the movie. It, like, it is not actually that cutesy. Like, Tom Hanks is a evil businessman who is trying to take Meg Ryan's company, like, drive them underground. And he's being mean, like, almost the whole time in the movie about it. Um <laughs> And Meg Ryan is like, both of them are basically cheating on their partners with the other person that they're talking to remotely, but you accept it. Like you find the cute anyway, because they're just such good actors. And, and this yeah. movie is kind of like it, where it like, it dares you to not like these characters. They are not, not even like how I met your mother level of perfect. Like they, they have real shit that they're going through. Um, and yet the cuteness works anyway. And I think that is kind of, to the movie's credit, that it manages to make you fall in love with them being in love, regardless of any other detail. Like it, it, it takes more risks than I would have expected a movie that wants you to feel that way to take. Yeah. So there, there. One of my, one of my complaints piggybacks off of that sort of thing that it's doing. There was one piece of information that we're given at one point in time, which is new only to us. It's not new to the character. But the the reveal to the audience causes a change in a character's behavior, which mm. doesn't make sense because that character knew that information before that moment. And I, I you can kind I, of... I get you. We can like, talk we, about we, it, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk I'll about it in spoilers. It, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I understand how you probably will defend it. It's just one of those things where mm -hmm. it's like, it, it becomes such an important piece of information and given the difference between where one character is versus where the other character is in their journeys through these loops, it, it feels like that was sort of, I don't know, it kind of yeah. rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. But mm -hmm. I, like, I, I was fine with it in its repercussions and how the characters respond to it. But it did kind of, I, I, I was slightly annoyed by the whole conceit of that. Um, but to counterpoint that in a thing that's related to that that i really really did enjoy is most of the time you watch a film like this and the entire film's told from one person's point of view and one of the things that this film does is splits that up and makes it we watch some of the same events happen from a different person's point of view and i thought that was a very interesting take on on showing this journey that they're going on because you could see how different things change for different people so yeah 
cool. Well, I think there's enough that we should just save the rest for a spoiler section, honestly, so we can really talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who's not going to stick around for spoilers, we'll go ahead and do the verdicts right now then. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give us a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for until pass with the caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, must-see. Easy. Like, I, I think this is just a really clever movie that, that has way more heart than you would expect. It has a lot of laughs, and it's a really easy watch. Like, it isn't very long. Uh, it, it never really drags. It It's just a fun movie to throw on. I, I feel like it's the kind of thing I would enjoy over and over again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this a, a must-see as well. Um, it is kind of funny. There there are there are times when we review a film and we talk about like the rating we're going to give it is a thing that proves that our rating system is flawed. But I feel like this is this is a proof that our rating system is great because I can give this a must-see even though I don't necessarily think this is a five-star movie. I just think it's right. like um, it's a, it's a it's a very enjoyable must-see film, um, but it's not perfect. Uh, but I feel 100% confident giving it a must-see. Yep. Cool. Um, well, then, for those who aren't going to stick around for spoilers, we'll close out the episode for you. So, Stephen Miller, yeah, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me on twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Palm Springs, so hopefully you're enjoying that. That music that is playing now is going to fade up, and when that music fades out, we will be in full-blown spoiler territory, so you know, no chance to loop back and not hear these spoilers. They're going to be coming at you fierce and strong. Um, so see you in a bit. <laughs> All right, the music is now fading out, and that means it is time for Spoiler Territory, the after part of our review of Palm Springs. We're going to be talking full-blown spoilers uh, for this film, so watch out. Go watch the film, come back, listen to this, whatever. Here we are. We're talking about spoilers. Where do you want to start, Stephen? Uh, I guess I'm going to start with a question about the mechanics of time travel in this movie. Yeah. What happens if a character falls asleep and then the other wakes them up? You just broke my brain, Stephen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay, so so here's one of the. I mean, this, I mean, this is a good time to, to 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 expand that beyond just strictly your question and kind of go into the whole thing. Is that you begin your loop, like you are perceiving all these people in the loop because it's your loop, and they somehow get on the same loop, but I think they still perceive them independently. Because, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it is a very interesting, uh, question. Well, yeah. So, the, so it, the same question would be like, for instance, the, the scene where Sarah runs in front of the truck because she wants to get out of the day. Um, let's pretend like the truck slowed down enough to not instantly kill her and they resuscitated her. She would theoretically be ripped back as well. Right. Mm-hmm. 
maybe maybe because it is a loop it is a singular loop system if you go to sleep until that transport completely happens like you couldn't wake up so if they woke you up in that moment the loop wouldn't actually complete right yeah maybe (laughs) yeah because what i'm imagining and i get the this is the same identity problem that makes cloning and like time travel like anything becomes an issue in in this notion of looping because that can be duplicates if there's a version of you in the past with the same memory as one of you in the future um yeah but you could imagine a system where andy samberg and krista malati take shifts where they stay awake while the other sleeps and then wakes them up and then someone maybe it isn't them in their perception anymore but someone with all the memory of the other time loops is existing forward forever you know <laughs> like that would be a that'd be kind of the prestige way of <laughs> getting getting out of this well so so let, let me let me uh let me let me answer your question in a strange way because i think this film introduces its own paradox in its narrative mm-hmm. um, based on the mid-credit sequence at the end and if i take so all right let me just lay all this out there when Kristen Milotti watches her TED Talks or whatever and starts to learn about quantum mechanics and decides that she yeah. understands how this world works, she goes, okay, we're inside a box and the loop happens within the box. If we can destroy the box during the loop back, we can break out of the box and basically be free, okay? She does a test with a goat. She explodes the goat inside of the thing and the goat no longer exists in the loop, right? Thus proving the concept, all right? Mm. The problem that annoys me, which is actually the answer to your question, is that uh, in the mid-credit sequence, when J.K. Simmons encounters uh, Andy Sandberg, he knows that they got out of the loop because Andy Sandberg doesn't recognize him, doesn't have any of the memories, mm-hmm. which means even if you fall asleep and leave your loop, the body that you in it, like basically the person who would have been you pre-loop still exists because you basically get replaced. Mm-hmm. So in theory, if you and I were in the loop together and I fell asleep and you woke me up, you would get the me with no memories. And you would consider to continue your day and I'd be super confused, me being the person who was left behind when I returned in my loop. Does that make sense? Okay, interesting. So well, that, that answers seems your like question. A, that seems like a very nonlinear use of time because the you that you wake up hasn't lived the life that brought you to the place when you fell asleep. Yeah, so that person is completely confused because they they exist in that mm-hmm. time. But the problem is, Kristen Milotti's character establishes that when you break out of the loop, you cease to exist within the loop. So really, yeah. J.K. Simmons, when he arrived at the wedding, Andy Sandberg should not have been there at all because he escaped the loop. So that, I think, is a bug in the storytelling because A, mm-hmm. it was an added on scene just to add this like fun moment. But B, it completely counteracts their narrative that was that was explained. So it, that bugged me watching the film. But because you asked the question, now it makes me want to bring that back in to use as the answer to your question, even though I don't believe it, it's true. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, so the only real issue you have then is that the goat supposedly disappeared. But we don't know that the goat disappeared. Remember, they're, when they're walking in at the end, he asks her, did that goat really disappear? And she's like, it's too late. We're doing this. So it might be that she saw the goat with no memories still. I'd have to go back and and, and play the scene yeah, again. Consult your notes about that. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Julius, by the way, did request that we do and explain it to me like I'm five, the science in this movie. Um, <laughs> fortunately for both of us, there's not very much science in this yeah. movie. So there's the, it, there's the scene where um, Kristen Malati learns quantum mechanics. I don't know how much time is supposed to have elapsed during that period. It's when she is not speaking to Andy Samberg at all. Yeah. Um, Presumably, it's a very long time because she is like an expert in a thing that takes years and years and years and years and years to to yeah. really understand. Um, but anyway, the only real science that they mention is the word Cauchy Schwartz, which is honestly they're just pulling a thing that is like vaguely related to physics that has to do with um, Heisenberg uncertainty principle, like not being able to know exactly where you are to a certain degree. Um, yeah, there is no science in this movie. I'm sorry, Julius. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing she says about causing an explosion, except for the vague idea that quantum mechanics has put them in this loop, and so a burst of energy will change it. Like, there's nothing yeah. else at all that is in there. So, it's just kind of a fun gag. Yeah, yeah. But, I will say, this does bring us to, if we can reverse back now, having passed your question to the beginning of the film, one of the things that I do really, really love... Wow, we're looping back. I like yeah, we're, it. we're looping back. It's uh, thematically resonant. But basically, uh, one of the things I really, really love about this film is that we basically discover that he has been in this loop for unknown, like, who, like, there, there's no telling how long he's been there. Like, it's played sort Years of Years at least, if, if some things he says are to be believed. Yeah, because at, at one point, he, he says that he can't remember what he did for a living mm-hmm. at the start of it, which you kind of take to be a joke, but given the little bits of information we see about how he's interacted with the people around him, it's very quite possible. Like I remember every job I've ever had and I'm 36. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so theoretically he has been in this loop for so long that he does not remember before the loop. There's a little joke at the end where he suddenly remembers that he has a dog and he has to go pick up the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, but but yeah, so I, I really like the idea of just having been in this loop for so long that, you know, you've been through all the phases of let me make the best of this to I hate this to how do I do this now to like, let me experiment with things that I I don't even know about. And there was a lot of fun things that this is doing with like going through all the levels of what happens if you get stuck in it. Um, And then I really love the added uh, thing that we get when you find out that JK Simmons is in this loop as well. Um, Obviously there's humor that comes from it, but I don't know if you ever saw the movie Passengers, but one of the big controversies of Passengers is that uh, Chris Pratt just wakes up Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. I never saw it. Okay, but like that that's one of the big like controversies slash uh like inciting incidents is that he is just lonely and decides to just wake this other person up. And this story is like it's not for romantic reasons that he does this, but he has one good night of like doing coke and <laughs> and like hanging out with this person. The guy's like, I wish this night would never end and he just goes wait, I can make it never end and just pulls this person into this loop and fucks over his whole life. And I mean, at least with Kristen Milotti, he was trying not to get like he, he got shot with arrows and then tried to reset himself. And then she came in and he like he wasn't trying to necessarily lead her in there, though. Th- I mean, he probably was trying to 
he definitely brought her there to hook up, which means they were in proximity to going into the cave. So I'm not saying he wasn't guilty of maybe trying to manipulate her into the cave, but it's definitely an interesting thing that it does of like the consequences of trying to force somebody else to be stuck in your loop with you just so you can survive it. Um, so I, I thought it was doing something interesting there. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that too. I, and I also like the payoff later of him realizing that this is maybe a gift. You know, he has, J.K. Simmons has his about time ending basically in this movie of like every day is a gift and you just relive it and like look at the little things and enjoy it. Right. <laughs> like my son watering shit. <laughs> watering shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird, but it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> So many good lines in this movie. <laughs> um, so should we get to the mini twist in the center of the film? Sure. Okay. So this is the thing that I don't like. You are set to defend. Um, but essentially, you know, our, our couple, they're finally like really, really pairing off. We've seen them sort of like bond together. They're both in the loop. They're, they're embracing each other's presence, maybe falling in love. They have their one night together that's supposed to be super awesome for both of them. And um, Kristen Milotti wakes up in, in her loop and she's in the bedroom of the groom. <laughs> um, and obviously they have just slept together. Uh, we have heard that she likes to sleep around and drink too much and blah, 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 blah. So we know that that's not just like an accident. I came in here and passed out. They have definitely hooked up. And then she throws everything into chaos because she realized what a monster she is. <laughs> quote unquote um and um she sort of just like andy sandberg just had the best night of his last thousand years in <laughs> in this loop and um and they have hooked up in the past we learned that later on so it's not just yeah, that like he's stoked times. yeah it's not just that like they're stoked he's stoked that he hooks up with her he's stoked that they have like a real connection and things feel different now. Um, but that's all destroyed because she realizes that she has been sleeping with the groom. And to me, she has always realized that she hasn't been in the loop long enough to have forgotten that. Um, and maybe all the other times she just rushed out before he was there. And there was like a reality shock for her of the fact that she, like she can never escape that version of her. And she states from her own mouth that, she doesn't want to be waking up in that room. She wants to be this other person, which she can only be if she gets out of the loop. But there was something about that whole, like the chaos that comes from, from her reveal, which is a shock to us, the watchers of the film, didn't feel like it should be a shock for her. Um, and that sort of bugged me. Yeah. So do you want to say what I'm going to say or should I say what I'm going to say? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I already said things that I feel sort of justify it but uh, you might as well just say your your piece i don't care okay <laughs> so i think yeah the the important part is that she and andy sandberg have just hooked up and it is because there is some transformative aspect of love right like the thing that she does is she drinks a lot she sleeps around she is numbing things she used to be married and now she's just living a life where she's drinking tall glasses of wine at a wedding you know and trying to have fun and forget the world for the most part. And her having this night with Andy Samberg makes her realize she wants something more. Like she wants to live this life moving forward. And then the sudden reality of the 
terrible thing that she has done, waking up to that in the morning, that kills the happiness that she had. And the going from very happy to hating herself, that is the thing that she wants to fix. And she was always waking up in that room, but she didn't hate herself for it before because she wasn't feeling enough for it to be that deep. And that, yeah. that would be my argument for the movie. And I and I get that, and I agree with that. I guess for me, I mean, it goes into my the the thing that I complain about in most films is when characters don't say things to each other, right? Yeah. Like most of life in in IRL, most of life is is miscommunication, right? Um, you do one thing that somebody perceives one way, and then nobody ever says the thing, and then people hate each other forever, right? <laughs> and I think yeah. that the way she punishes Andy Sandberg for her behavior is like, it's, it's a huge halt in the progression of the story for a, a not, it's not a revelation. It's a, yeah. it's a, a loss of illusion of the happiness that she has. Right. So it, it's kind of like it, like she doesn't, she doesn't even say like I need to take some time. She literally just <laughs> goes crazy as <laughs> that right. that uh, you know that that <laughs> run in with the cops, then kills herself and then disappears for however long it takes to learn quantum physics. <laughs> yep. No. No. That that is completely true, and I don't have a good justification for that because when she is done learning quantum physics, she immediately goes back and wants to be with Andy Samberg still. So it isn't like he has to win her back or anything. Like she's already there. So there is no malice in what she did. And yet she doesn't even like leave a note or anything. You know, in real life, that would be the equivalent of like working on a project so you don't see your significant other for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good relationship move. Would not recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah. yeah, So So I'll, I'll give you that one for sure. Yeah. And also like, I, I, I understand the justification because for her, for her, she more important than taking care of him is figuring out how to get out. And she is like uniquely mind, uniquely goal oriented in getting away out. So like for her, she's not actually trying to punish him. Um, she is just like, I literally cannot wake up in that room another day if I'm going to enjoy this thing that I'm building. Um, But once again, she could just say that. (laughs) And obviously we learned later on that Andy Sandberg is not mature enough to be able to accept that. Like for him, it's just like, eh, who cares? You wake up in the room every day and everything will be cool. You just sneak out in the morning and we'll be happy. Um, He doesn't have, he, he's not necessarily mature enough to be able to understand that drive from her. It just, it just felt like a, a big old herky jerk action that that uh you know as a watcher you know you want to progress the story you don't want to take a big old break (laughs) yeah no that's true that's true i do i do think that that dynamic between the two of them at the end especially is very brooklyn 99 like it's it's very uh i forget andy samberg's character in that in that show (laughs) actually um (laughs) no i do too what's his name (laughs) His last name starts Peralta, with a P. Jake Peralta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's very Jake and Amy, right? Where Jake yeah, yeah. is just like, live one day at a time, have fun, I'm the goofball, and I am very dependent on you. And Amy is like, 
yeah, I'm fine. I'm organized. I've got things to do, but I still like life with you in it. And I feel like they land in a similar place with, uh, with him and Kristen Malati in this movie yeah. where he needs her. Right. And she is snapping him out of this literally infinite cycle that he is in. And she doesn't need him. She just would like him to be with her. And I think that that kind of imbalance, like shifting it like that, I, I thought was cool for the movie. And it, it is aided by the fact that while he is feeling miserable because their relationship is everything in the universe to him and she has just left, she is like, I'm going to solve things. I'm going to make life work again. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that dynamic, even though I agree it does kind of slow things down a little bit in the movie. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Um, I appreciate that Andy Samberg's character has been with all sorts of people, men and women. <laughs> I, I thought that was a... I'm glad he's willing to experiment if he's stuck there for all eternity. And that, that had to be like an Andy Samberg ad, ad-libbed line where he describes how that night went down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't imagine any like script writer writing that line for anyone who is not Andy Samberg. <laughs> <laughs> and I love his dancing in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Cool. Um, well, I guess that uh, that'll about do it. We have three more reviews to record tonight, so we're gonna oh, fuck. <laughs> we're gonna go rush off and uh, do those for you. But thanks for listening. Hope you hopefully you stayed through the uh, the spoiler talk. But uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next review. Bye. See ya.